Hello, friends. Today's episode is brought to you by From Within Records. From Within Podcast, looking back on 2022, is out now. Their actual last episode of the year. So please, I highly suggest you support their podcast. Go boot up your Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, whatever, and subscribe and dive in. It's awesome. There's a new song previewed on this episode titled in solar from a new hudson valley band called godskin peeler their demo will be out this january on streets of hate shout out streets of hate also just a couple days away not one truth beskar riddle steel six track split cd i can't wait it's amazing i love both bands so please if you're not familiar with not one truth or beskar do yourself a favor go stream their music get in tune get ready for the split thank me later Statement of Pride, Out of the Ashes, is out now on Youngblood Records. I can't stop talking about Statement of Pride, one of my favorite current hardcore bands, so please do yourself a favor, get in tune. Las Vegas Hardcore, LVHC, In Prison, Down Like a Dog Demo, out this fall. You can go stream some of their music right now, so go boot up your Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, Bandcamp, go look up In Prison. They're amazing. I'm so happy to see From Within Records working with a band on the West Coast. Something new, something cool. I back it. Also, next weekend, FYA Fest 9. Shout out to Bob and the whole team. So many awesome bands from Know the Score to The Chisel, Drain, End It, Envision, Field of Flames, Dead Last, Anxious, Age of Apocalypse. There's so many awesome bands from top to bottom. I can't think of a band that I'm not interested in. So I hope everyone who is traveling, I hope all of you get there safe. And I also hope you all get home safe as well. So please have fun. Enjoy it. Fests like that are special. So appreciate FYA. Excuse me. <laughs> appreciate FYA Fest. It's amazing. But like I always say, please support from within records if you're not following me on social media go boot up your twitter your instagram click that follow button to stay up to date on all the current news and like i always say please support from within records because they support us and if you're looking for high quality merch for your band for your business please go hit up my friends over at good fortune printing out of wilkesbury pennsylvania you can follow them on instagram at good fortune printing or you can get in contact with them at good fortune printing or excuse me, contact at goodfortuneprinting.com. You can thank me later. On today's episode, we had to track down our good friend Brett. Sings in a band called Exhibition. Awesome band. If you're not familiar, they put out a demo in 2020. Some interesting times. But they have not stopped with releases. In 2021, they released You'll Be Next. They more recently dropped a promo titled Back for More on triple b records the actual record will be out february of 2023 brett speaks about it in this episode and he drops a lot of news which i hope he doesn't get in trouble for but some exciting news i'm happy he was more than willing to share it was really fun for me to be able to have brett on the podcast because i've been bugging him for a long time through the dms we talk about game of thrones and he drops a bomb at the end. He he drops a bomb that he's a fan of mixed martial arts. Excuse me one second. Drops a bomb that he's a fan of mixed martial arts. And 
it, it was awesome, which is cool because it's going to lead to a follow up episode. I love talking to anybody about mixed martial arts. It's something that I'm so passionate about and I can't get enough of. It's amazing. But if you're not familiar with exhibition, please do yourself a favor. Go dive deep into their discography from the demo to the promo. It's all amazing. But do yourself a favor, stream their stuff, come back here, and then you can enjoy my conversation with Brett. So please, this cough is killing me, but please, strap in, enjoy this conversation. Without further ado, welcome Brett to the show. How's it going? Good, man. How are you? I'm Thanks doing good. Thanks for having me. No, thank you. I, I know I've been wanting to have you on for a while, so I'm, I'm happy that we're finally here and uh, we're finally having you on the podcast, so thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I've been excited. Okay. I uh, just want to uh, you know say that I'm stoked on your newer band, e- Exhibition, but I've been following you for a, a couple years, uh, You know, fan of some of your older projects. But I'm just curious, just want to just get right into it. Uh, for Exhibition, uh, where did the idea come from to start that band? So, we actually, so I had another band before this called War by the Means. Mm-hmm. Um, we were in this weird kind of lull where we weren't playing shows, we weren't really doing anything. And uh, it kind of it became time to write some new music. And as we were writing the music, it just did not sound at all like what that band was supposed to sound like. Mm-hmm. And I don't think any of us were really excited with what we were doing, you know, then that we were just like, we need a fresh start. So right before the pandemic, we wrote this demo and uh, that became exhibition. Yeah, I, I kind of like when bands know when to let things go, because sometimes uh, there'll be a band uh, member switches or uh, for whatever reason, uh, you know, uh, things happen and in, in my mind if you lose like some important members of the band uh sometimes i, I get you want to keep it going but i feel like most times bands should just walk away and just start something new instead no, of absolutely yeah. yeah instead of ha- having to live with just that um weird thing hanging over oh this is uh you know this band but you know that that's not the the og singer or that that's like the fourth or fifth singer it's like okay maybe yeah, it's time no, to start no, something new yeah. yeah i agree absolutely it's like it, it stops being that band you know there's, it's like a cover band at that point yeah no 100 percent. and, and it, it's interesting because sometimes i'll like look at bands and like especially bands i haven't seen in a while and uh I'll look at the, the lineup and it's like, wow, this is not who I remember. <laughs> this is mm-hmm. so strange, but, uh, you know, props to them, I guess, for, for keeping it going. But yeah, I, I do like it better when bands just really okay. Like, let's just hang it up. We can start fresh. It's not that big of a deal. Uh, instead of kind of like beating a dead horse. Yeah. For us, it was, uh, every member of that band, at least in that current lineup, like, uh, became 
exhibition. So it was just like sonically way different than what we were doing. It's just like, it was already a whole new band that it just did not make sense to, you know, use that name. And a, a hard restart is what made the most sense. For sure. And, and I'm, I'm glad we did. Yeah. Me too. Me too. Cause it, it, it's just uh, nice and uh, really refreshing. But for the name of the band, who decided that and who had the idea? Um, well, so like, <laughs> I feel like every person who is ever going to start a band creates a list of like potential band names. And like, I think that's the, honestly the hardest part about being in a band is uh, when you're first starting, what are you going to name the band? So like we had this list of just like, probably fucking 200 band names Jeez. and uh i always really liked that one and i really really pushed for it i don't think anyone else really wanted it i just kind of was like yo come on let's do it yeah it's nice so just, there's, there's, just pretty simple just one word so it's not too long and rolls right off the tongue yeah uh so i wish there was like a really cool meaning behind it but there isn't i just thought it sounded really cool yeah no and i i do agree because you got to think for not just hardcore, but just for music in general to try to come up with a, an original name. Uh, it's it's hard because there's so many bands popping up left and right and even bands that are already established. So you have to get really creative these days to come up with a name that sticks or something that's just not already taken. I think there's like a, uh, a Russian dubstep artist called Exhibition. Okay. But whatever. Fuck it, <laughs> yeah, no. I prefer the hardcore band over yeah. the the dubstep stuff. But okay, and the the demo did come out in 2020, which was an interesting year for all of us. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, how long was that writing process like? Because obviously, to, to just drop a demo, especially right when things started closing down, uh, I was just curious, like how long that was in the works. Uh, so we actually played our first show in. Uh, january of 2020 i think uh we did not have our demo out it was written and recorded so like i guess your actual question is how long to uh war by the means was supposed to play that year of ldb fest and we broke up before that so we were like okay in lieu of that because that was kind of a bummer we'll like get this demo rolling so i think we might have recorded it in like late December of 2019 mm -hmm. it finally came out in March so but we did play a show right before uh, everything shut down and uh, but there was no demo out and what was that like playing a show with no material because sometimes it, it can be a, a little weird because you want people to be able to have a, like a frame of reference especially if that is your first show so I, I'm just curious if you can remember what was that experience like for you guys the show was awesome. Uh, it was just local bands. There's this band called The Elite that actually went like ended up becoming Violent Way, mm -hmm. another band from Buffalo. And a lot of people in Violent Way are also in my band. But uh, it was great because like no one knew the stuff, so if we sucked, like you know, no one could tell. <laughs> but uh, the show was cool. Yeah, that's awesome. And you mentioned the sub was recorded prior to. Why did it take so long for the demo to drop? Uh, a friend of ours recorded it for us, and uh, I'm not going to name names, but he's notorious for uh, taking a sweet-ass fucking time. So we would we would have liked to have it out by then, but that just uh, was not in the cards. Okay, and I, I was going to bring this person up because I, I noticed that they recorded uh, You'll Be Next, and I, I was going to ask if they recorded Back for More as well. Uh, you talking about Drew. Uh, no, Drew. Okay, yeah, it was, it was Drew. But uh, he just so he did not record. You'll be next. He just mixed it. Okay. 
And he did not have anything else on this like new thing on the like the LP or the promo. But uh, he's the man. He's great. I'm, I'm busting his balls, but uh, he is the reason why our shit sounds the way it does. Yeah, no, that that early stuff is uh, really awesome. I, I'm was definitely you know very interested, not just because of who was in the band, because obviously I've listened to your other projects, but I I'm obviously I'm a fan of the the demo and everything that you've put out, you know, um, after that. So I, I was just uh, curious about him. Dude, uh, he's just like a fucking genius. He does. He doesn't have like a crazy setup. Like, so the kid, like our bassist, his family owns a law firm mm-hmm. and it's actually like a venue here called the firm. It's just this open space above his family's law firm that we've done shows there for like the last five years. But, uh, he just set up his laptop and a couple mics in, our practice space and that became our demo. Okay. And what was that like for you guys re- recording that demo? Cause obviously you've been in bands before and uh, I-, I can just curious about like having to start over. Is that process uh, fun for you still? Or were you oh, just kind of curious? Cause we're all even like, like that's like my band plus drew and a couple others is like my actual real life friend group. So mm-hmm. we were just hanging out. It was a fucking blast. It was awesome. Yeah. And I think that's that's really important too to have a good relationship with your bandmates because uh, if, if it's just like a job that gets kind of weird sometimes. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, I, it's like you know that has kind of been what my idea of a band has been since like I've been doing bands is like all your best friends. But you know, more and more I like branch out and find out like that is like usually not the dynamic of other bands. I find that so fucking bizarre though. Like. Like, not that the people are not friends, but, like, these are my best friends. Like, even if this band didn't exist, like, these are my best friends in the whole world. So it's, like, weird that there are other dynamics where they're just, like, borderline just bandmates and not, like, close friends. No? It does get strange because I, from outside looking in, I would assume it's like, whoa, like, you travel across the world with these people. You spend so much time with these people. I would assume that they're more than just bandmates, but when you find out, uh, with certain bands, it's like, nope, that, that's all it is. It's like, oh, wow, that's that's strange. I, I you know, That's not how I would want to be in a band, but I, I guess it works for some people. Yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't know otherwise because every band I've ever been in, literally every band I've ever been in, uh, three of the five guys have been in every single band I've ever done. So. Yeah, it's a good lineup. The, the, the people that you're working with, I definitely appreciate their talent and like what they've done so far. So yeah, it's cool. You guys got something good over there. I'm definitely uh, standing on the back of some giants, man. I couldn't. Uh, it's all them, not me. <laughs> so you put out the demo uh, the end of March. What were you guys feeling like? Do you guys even have any like l- like long term plans? Even thinking past like when things start to get better, it's like all right, let's let's just wait this out. Or were you guys just kind of just waiting in the wings and just kind of just gonna figure it out once it all opened up? Honestly, I mean, we we didn't really have like. We didn't really have any plans. We kind of just waiting to see what happened. Uh, we recorded, the, so we did end up recording our seven inch during the pandemic, but it was in late summer of 2020, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was kind of it. We had all these songs. So, like, even the songs that are going to be out on our LP, all of them were written during the pandemic. Every our whole entire discography was written during the pandemic. So, but everything was recorded at different times. We kind of were just like seeing where everything went we uh you know put out the demo and i thought it was received pretty well um 
from there, you know, it came time to put out some more music and record the seven inch. We, we like sh- as far as like shows and stuff, we had no no plans whatsoever. And uh, you know, you mentioned you put out the demo. You sold out of those cassettes, which is always a good sign, right? For a, n- a new band to put out uh, any kind of physical format for them to sell out. That's like cool. I guess people are actually into it. Um, yeah, it was cool. Wow, very cool. Mm-hmm. And so you, you mentioned the next release. Um, you'll be next. Recorded that. The, the, you said summer twenty twenty. I think so. Yeah, I could be wrong. I could be just making that up, but that's what I think it was. Mm-hmm. I should know this shit, but I don't. <laughs> all good uh, that whole timeline gets kind of blurry but okay so if uh, you, you recorded that in 2020 uh, it seems like you sat on it for a while because it didn't come out till almost the end of yeah. 2021 so by then we had already agreed before they even heard a uh edgewood records put out the seven inch mm-hmm. so they're uh they had agreed to do the seven inch for us didn't record nothing didn't show nothing they were super cool they just like, agreed to do it without even hearing it which i thought was pretty crazy but very cool um yeah, so we got in as soon as we possibly could at a place called uh, oh, what the fuck, huh? oh, Watchman Studios in Buffalo, which has recorded some rather legendary Buffalo hardcore bands like Despair, even Earth Crisis is recorded there, Death Threat recorded there, which obviously not Buffalo, neither of the last two are, but Snapcase is recorded there. But. Was it important for you guys to be a part of that history? Um, I don't know about important, but it was it was cool, like you know in hindsight very very cool but uh to be honest they were kind of the only studio that was willing to record anyone at the time so it just ended up working out perfectly that uh this kind of uh legendary studio was willing to work with us Mm -hmm. and your relationship with uh, edgewood why were they so willing to just uh support you guys without even hearing anything or knowing anything about the next release dude honestly um i have Andrew Vicanti from Google Bus to thank for that entire thing. He kind of worked as like the middleman for us. He hit us up one day and was like, because uh, at that point he was like, I think he still is, but he definitely was then, had a small hand in the label. And he hit me up one day and was like, is Exhibition going to do anything else? I'm like, yeah. He was like, do the seven inch on Edgewood. And I was like, fuck yeah, sure. We didn't even like ask around. We, like, there was no one else. It was just Edgewood. Mm hmm. Yeah, no, they're they're a cool label, so I, I definitely like that that partnership, and I also like that uh, you guys were getting some recognition, right? Because so many times there's so many bands that will put out an awesome demo, but because they're not like a hype band or they're just not from a certain scene, they could get overlooked. But for you guys to put out that good demo and to you know get that recognition, and shout out to Andrew for helping you guys out, I I, I thought it was really awesome. Yeah, honestly pretty much this entire band every cool thing we have done has been thanks to like a friend of ours so we are very grateful for the friends we've made along the years it, almost literally everything from the demo tape to the seven inch and now to the record has been like one friend looking out for us it's been pretty great man and it's really important to, to help your friends out along the way because uh, without that support system like i said bands could just get overlooked they could be writing the, the best music and people wouldn't know about it, you know, because I, I think it's really important to support your friends. I feel like that's the least you could do, right? Obviously, oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Because it, it's, it's not that hard to repost something that your friend's doing because um, it's weird sometimes when people get or feel like they're in competition and they don't want to share that they feel like it's going to take away from what they're doing, which 
to me, it's not as it gets so ridiculous. It's like, I think there's enough to go around. If you think about the countless of number of bands that are currently active or that have come and gone, it's like, I don't think there's like a, a certain amount that people are going to listen to. It's like, like yeah. if, if people like it, they'll, they'll check it out. That seems so obvious, right? Like you hear, like you know, support your friends' bands, but you'd be surprised at how little some do. <laughs> Trust me, I I know it very well. Trust me, it, it's so strange, but you know, you just got to keep doing what you're doing and hope it finds the right people and and hope that they will they'll support you, right? Because once you find your audience, like they'll be your ride or die, and they'll be doing what you know the friends that aren't doing, you know, what they should. Yeah, honestly, that's what I love the most about Buffalo. We don't have like the biggest or craziest, most well-known scene, but legitimately every band here is close and we all ride for each other. And I think that's really important to, to have that sense of unity amongst your scene is uh, going to help not just, you know, any one band is going to help out everybody for, for everyone to have each other's backs to put on for your particular scene. I, I don't see any negative in that. But it's so strange when I come across a scene where there's so much turmoil and people don't want to support each other. But it's just yeah. like, dude, like this is this is going to stunt your guys' growth and hold you guys back in the long run. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, also, like, why would you just not want to be friendly with everyone, like, your, your peers and contemporaries? You know? like, yeah, especially if there's no real issue. Right. That's the weirdest thing when I find out like, oh, like, what's the beef? And they're like, oh, there's no beef. We just don't want to support. It's like, what the hell? That's so that's yeah. weird. But goofy stuff, goofy stuff. yeah, but shout out Buffalo. You, you guys definitely do have a cool scene. Um, and I, I wanted to ask on you'll be next. You feature Scott Vogel. I was curious, yeah. uh, how you were managed to, to get that down because I, I know he uh, moved back uh, maybe a year or two ago at this point. I, I can't remember the timeline exactly, yeah, but but, but I, I'm just curious, uh, how did you uh, secure that and what's your relationship like with Scott? Uh, honestly, that was like a buckless thing for me. I, I, you know, I will say to anyone who listen, Terror is my favorite band of all time. Like any genre, any generation, I love Terror so much. Uh, so Nick, like he, like he plays drums in my band. He's also a singer for Violent Way. Mm-hmm. Um, he had like a kind of a, a little bit of a rapport with him. I think it was only like you know through the internet or whatever. And he had mentioned he was moving back, and uh, you know, I, I that was like. You know, we were thinking of like we, we we knew we wanted someone to sing on a song. You know, we wanted someone to sing on a song, but uh, you know, we're all we're throwing all these names out there, and I threw out Scott, which I thought would be like an unrealistic one, and Nick messaged him, and he was so fucking down to do it. It was the coolest thing ever. But uh, since he's moved to Buffalo, he's become a very good friend to all of us. He's very 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 uh, active in what's going on has a, a hand in a lot that's going on too. It's been, a, honestly, him moving back to Buffalo has probably been the best thing to happen to hardcore in Buffalo in years. It's awesome. I remember I messaged him about Spaced uh, you know, a year ago or however long ago it was, and he was already on the ball. He was like, oh, dude, I'm going to their first show. And I was just like, why am I not surprised that Scott Vogel is in tune with his local scene? Oh, dude, he doesn't miss a single show. Uh, Exhibition just did a week, at, like literally just got home two days ago with mm-hmm. Married Alive. It, I was going to get to that. We'll, we'll, yeah. We will get to that. But um, yeah, I, I love Scott Vogel. I, I love Terror. So to to see him uh, doing guest vocals on, for a, a newer band, I, I I think that's really awesome, especially from the area and the, and the history that he has with that oh, scene. Course, yeah. it, it, it's so sick. But why have him on Give It Up over any of the other tracks? I just think that part, like, so that that is a good question because by by the time we had decided we wanted someone on a song, 
we had not decided what song it was going to be or what part. And uh, as I mean, when we finished recording it, we're listening back to it. And like that was that felt like you know the part for him right there. Mm-hmm. He actually wrote his own lyrics for that part too, which I thought was really awesome. That's sick. Uh, and I am curious, like in the song title, no credit or no featuring Scott Vogel. You just wanted to leave it a surprise, or was there any particular reason you didn't have his name in the title? I think that was a, there was no particular reason. I think that was just like a little snafu, maybe on Edgewood when they posted it on the internet. But it is definitely on the record, though, for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I, yeah. I always wondered. I always because we didn't handle the, like putting it up on Spotify or any of that, mm-hmm. and I did wonder why it doesn't say that. But it doesn't say that. Yeah. Okay. Well, it, it, it's a nice surprise, that, and, and you know, I, I guess for people who actually listen to the record, they're like, "Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Scott Bogle's actually on the record. That this is awesome." The mo- yeah, maybe the most recognizable voice ever, too. So, like, you know, you listen to it, you're not going to wonder who that is. Mm-hmm. And with, with the second release, you guys picked up a, a second guitar player. We did. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Can you talk about uh, the reasoning behind that and how you found the second one? So, his name is also Brett. We call him Goo because. Okay. Uh, I, I can't even explain why I call him that. It's okay. the most fucking ridiculous name ever. But uh, he uh, is just like a local ripper from around here. There was like there was like legend behind how good he was at the guitar. I don't think anyone even really knew, but just like kind of like playing telephone. Like this kid was like the craziest guitarist you've ever heard. So we asked him to come jam one day and quite literally was the most mind-blowing guitarist I've ever seen in my, in my whole life. And just by chance he wasn't in a band or doing anything at the time? No, this is his first ever hardcore band. He uh, he does play in like some other kind of rock band, but it's like not even in this world. But he's he's a bona fide hardcore kid who's been coming around for years. But just mm-hmm. like uh, no one knew that he really ripped like that. That's crazy. I, I wonder how many people are like that in hardcore in general, right? Just talented, uh, but just you know haven't uh, had their chance yet. Under the radar, like virtuosos. You know? Yeah, that's kind of what it was. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, he uh, we we did the four piece thing for a while, but uh, at we we couldn't go back. You know, he is just like he makes the band what we are. If, if I'm being honest, mm-hmm. and uh, it, I, I I think it's nice to to have two. So that that was a great pickup. Yeah, absolutely. He's uh, he's great. Okay, and the artwork is is pretty insane. I, I was curious, uh, whose idea was that? Or was that all just, uh, you know, from the artist, uh, Nikki? Um, it's a little bit of, so I didn't really give him uh, any direction on it. I just knew we really wanted him because he's unbelievable artist and has done some incredible stuff. And again, Nick kind of had like a little bit of rapport with him because at the time he was not taking commissions. And I was like, so fucking bummed about it. So I think Nick kind of bothered him a little bit and uh, found him to do it. I literally was just like, I want to look insane and scary and kind of violent and he made it which i thought it was perfect yeah no i i think it's sick because whenever i see the artwork i i know exactly what it is so it's it's one of those things that stands out it's not something that's uh super common so it's not like i could mistake Uh, it for something else my favorite part of it if you look closely you can because it's all hand painted you can see the like if you look at the flames and stuff you can see like the brush strokes and he asked us if we wanted to like render that and like take it out. And I was like, absolutely not. So even on the physical record sleeve, you could see his brush strokes, which I think is so cool. And who has that original art piece? He does. Yeah. No, I wish. God, I wish we had it. Yeah. And do you know how big the original is? 
I actually don't know. I've, ne- I've never seen the original piece. I, I would I would love to know. That's an interesting. I should inquire about that. I'd love to have that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, I think it's super sick. And uh, obviously he nailed the logo, which was nice. Yeah, he actually, so the, the logo, so if I remember, yeah, so the logo on the front is like the one that's all crooked and shit, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like, so that is, he reworked like the logo that we did from the demo. Mm-hmm. Uh, that dude, Tin Savage, did our demo and like made that logo. And I guess they are friends and he asked him if he can like tweak it and he did. So that was pretty cool that there was a little bit of a crossover between two friends on both of our demo and our Savage. And with the release of the seven inch, could you feel the growth in audience with the band? Oh, definitely. By the time Seven Inch came out, like, like I mean, or like leading up to the Seven Inch, I think because uh, so much music came out during the pandemic and like no sh- zero shows happening, so it was really hard to like stay kind of, I, I guess, relevant is the word. So by the time the Seven Inch came out, we were pretty much a forgotten band. So like, I think once the Seven Inch came out, we kind of uh, we definitely showed up on some people's radars for sure. Yeah, and how many shows did you play after uh, the Seven Inch came out? Once things started opening up again, uh, we we went pretty hard. I think we from from twenty twenty one till now. I think we've we've kind of probably played like forty or fifty shows. I think maybe maybe a little less, but like we went pretty hard. Yeah, and it, it, it's. It, you know, part of the reason why I, I was asking is if you become one of those bands that got lost in the shovel during the pandemic, I feel like that's one surefire way to kind of remind people like, hey, we're still a band. We're still doing this. Yeah, is, is getting yeah, out there because you can release more music. But once again, you could also get lost in the shuffle like before, but to hit the ground running and actually travel to different scenes, different cities, and even playing at your hometown. I feel like that's like probably the best way to remind people that you guys are still doing cool stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. We, we definitely played out a lot. And uh, if I'm being honest, almost, I would say almost everything we've done since shows come back has been really, really awesome. And do you feel like, kind of uh, like stoked on this finally because I, I honestly i uh, was a huge fan of war by other means and was um, hoping for you guys to do more but obviously you guys had to uh, hang it up and uh, start this new yeah. band which is awesome but i'm just as stoked to see exhibition getting a lot of love and uh, you guys going on runs I, you, you guys did that run with gel and combust so yeah. it, it, it's cool for me to to see you guys uh, you know getting a lot of love and doing a lot of stuff that's awesome it's really uh it's you know, I'm, the love that we've gotten through Exhibition is about 50 times more than we've gotten from any other band, except for maybe, you know, Violent Way, obviously, except for Violent Way. But, uh, so it's a little crazy. It's it's really awesome, and it's it feels nice, and it's incredibly humbling, and it's been a great time. Okay, so 2021, you know, you round out the year, you put out that release, started playing more shows again. Uh, when did the talk start happening with Triple B? Because obviously Triple B, uh, probably the uh, biggest hardcore label today. A lot of awesome bands on the label. They're constantly doing cool stuff. So I, I'm just curious, um, where did that relationship start with Exhibition and Triple B? It started where I think a lot of uh, you know uh, hardcore shit is happening. It started on Call of Duty. <laughs> um, 
I was playing Call of Duty with uh, a friend of mine, Dan, who sings for King Nine. And we had already, so we did a little different with the LP. We recorded the LP with no idea of what label it was going to be on, if it was going to be on the label. If it was even going to be an LP, we just recorded all these songs we had written. And uh, I sent it to my friend Dan, and just for him to hear it, you know, uh, we he, he actually like likes a lot of the same shit as I do. So I sent it to him. He really liked it. And, dude, he sent it to Sam without even saying anything to me. He was like, hey, I sent this to Sam from Triple B. And I was like, oh, shit. And that kind of is like how uh, the ball started rolling. And just curious, so you uh, recorded this with no uh, real direction. Was there ever any talks of releasing another uh, record with Edgewood, or was that just the one and done for you guys? Um, there was no talks at all, really. You know, it was the the whole experience of Edgewood was like easily the chillest uh, experience we've ever had doing a band. It was just like, here's the songs, here's the art, and the record will be out then. It's not like we were against doing it. There just kind of really wasn't any talks of anything afterwards. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you mentioned you guys just recorded this whole LP. Can you talk about how many tracks are on the record? Yeah, there's 10. Um, and like I said, it was never like it wasn't set to be an LP. We had uh, nine new songs in a cover. We recorded all of them. We talked about doing a seven inch, maybe two seven inches, like a seven inch plus, you know, whatever second demo just like you know whatever could have happened we just we had all the shit in the tank and we're like fuck it let's record Mm -hmm. okay so your buddy dan sends it to to sam uh how long after was it until you heard from him Uh, actually a really long time uh i he was like yeah send him an email so i sent him an email i don't think i heard back for months (laughs) i was like kind of waiting on the edge of my seat so like you know, I, I, Dan said to Sam and Sam said he really liked it. So Dan's like, you know, send him an email or whatever. And then Scott actually kind of also put in a good word for us. Mm-hmm. So I think that kind of helped seal the deal a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I did not hear back to, like from him for, for months. So it was, I, we were kind of hanging in suspense for a while, but it was very, very worth it. Okay. So you, you heard back from Sam. The promo comes out late August of this year when is it you guys start forming a game plan for a, a rollout or um, are you guys going to wait for vinyl? What's the plan? Oh, it's already, now? It's, I, I believe it's, it's already in press right now. It'll be, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but fuck it, I'm gonna, it'll be out in February. I think next month, you know, sometime in January, there'll be a single and pre-order and whatnot. Okay. But uh, the record will be out in February for sure. That's a pretty quick turnaround time. Cause well, we've been sitting on the LP for a long, it's been recorded for over a year. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I, I think it's nice from uh, promo to February, right? It's not that long because sometimes, no, yeah, I, I feel like that uh, helps a lot where people don't have to wait so long for the vinyl because obviously I, I know that um, they're still backed up and records are still taking longer than usual. But for you guys to have uh, been able to just put the promo out in August and have such a quick turnaround time, I, I think yeah, that's pretty that's cool. I heard someone say on a different podcast that some smaller record labels are getting one full calendar year waits for records and that that sucks yeah it's rough because 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 at that point you're just like all right now you have to try to plan strategically how you're gonna do your whole year 
waiting for these records and then it's like do you stop writing do you continue writing and there's like this weird log jam that you have to figure out which could be good or bad just depending on what kind of band you are yeah definitely i'm glad that we did not have to go through that um we had our so like trying to figure out these I like i said it's been so long i think uh we sat before we even before i even sent it to dan I think we sat on the record for like three months, kind of just like trying to make a game plan. Mm-hmm. So I think from the time like uh, Triple B had agreed to do the record till now, it's probably like seven, eight months, maybe. Okay. So even then, you know, that's still shorter than a lot of these record labels are getting turnaround time as well. Now, I'm just curious for you guys as a band, you mentioned that your whole discography was written during the pandemic. Have you guys taken a break to uh, you know just chill and uh, kind of let those creative juices uh, build back up, or have you guys just constantly just keeping up with the writing? Oh no, no, no absolutely. Well, who knows if we'll ever write another song ever again? We we went too hard. <laughs> we have not. No, no, no. No, we'll def- obviously, of course, we'll write more music. But uh, um, I can say confidently that the LP is the finest work we could have possibly done. And by like by then it, we we were tapped by the time it was done. I, mm. uh, I'm very proud of what we did. It's you know as far as anything that I've ever been a part of, it is miles beyond anything I've ever done. Well, I'm definitely a fan, and I'm just you know curious for your guys' future because obviously from pandemic to now. Uh, did I send you? Did I send you the record? I thought I did. No, you never did. Oh, I'll send you. I'll send you out to the show. Okay, thank you. I, I, don't I, know if I, I'm, I don't know if I'm allowed to do that, but I'll do shit. I'll do that. <laughs> thank you. Um, but I'm just curious for like all of you as people, right? I'm over time. You guys grow, different life experiences, things change, or maybe um, you know your guitar players have a different writing style. You want to uh, you know have a different uh, outlook on the way you write. So I'm I'm just curious what it's going to be like for with, with the new exhibition because you got to think that's pretty long time to to not write. Um, but obviously all this music is going to be new to us, but all to you guys. Uh, no, I'm sure. I mean, I'm, I'm just as curious as you, honestly, it'll be, uh, it'll probably be different, but I mean, I can tell you for a fact that the LP sounds different than the seven inch. It definitely sounds like the same band, but it certainly is, you know, I think I would say maybe a more matured version of the seven inch. I would say. Okay. And just a couple things about, the um, promo leading into the seven inch um obviously the new logo uh, i'm just curious uh, who did the logo and as far as the the promo artwork is that just the promo artwork or is that actually going to be the artwork for the lp no no that's just the promo artwork yep okay artwork for the lp is crazy i'm right, definitely looking forward to seeing that but as far as the the new logo it, it there's two different ones right on, on the promo so i'm sure yes. which one's the main one uh, the main one is the the one that's on the front. The main one's on the front. Uh, Nikki Rat actually made that logo. So if you have, if you look at the, like the seven inch that the cover he did, mm-hmm. the the old logo is on the front. You know the one that he reworked from Tin Savage. Mm-hmm. The back has our new logo, which we use now for everything. Okay, all right. And then as far as the three songs you chose for the promo, why those three out of the big batch of ten? Oh. Uh. That was actually the hardest decision I think we've made as a band. Uh, I think that everyone had a different idea of what to do, and it kind of went down to what songs we were ready to start playing. Mm-hmm. You know, so we, we, 
Like it's two songs in a cover, you know, Iron Cross cover, yeah. which we do, we also play as well. But uh, we had already started to play Predator and Exhibition. So it like made sense since they were already in our live set to also put them out on the promo. But uh, we definitely were fighting for what songs were going to be coming out for sure. Okay. All right. And uh, definitely looking forward to the single next next month. And I'm, now I'm just curious, going back, uh, you guys did a run with uh, Gel and Combust. I, I was curious about what was that like to hit the road and play with those bands? Uh, honestly, if I'm like full transparency, we owe Gel so much. Um, I mean, obviously, Gel is a very cool band. A lot of people like them. You know, mm-hmm. doing a lot of you know a lot of insane things. Much, much, you know, to be frank, a much, much bigger band than Exhibition. And uh, we played a show with them in Buffalo, just opened for them in Buffalo. And they asked if we wanted to do a weekend with them. And of course, we said yes. And it was all four of those shows were probably the best shows we ever played. That's awesome. Joe's Joe's cool. I saw them when they came through uh, California, which is crazy. They did like California two weeks in a row. Uh, like on like two different tours i i caught them the the midnight hour and i was uh you know very impressed with their live performance and the people who came out just like the crazy support i i was so curious how they would do out here in california but i'm sure, I'm sure it was massive the band is awesome. yeah people showed up for them it, it was awesome so I'm, I'm stoked for that band hopefully they come back soon i'm sure uh, i feel like the band I, i'm pretty sure like i I'm, i might be speaking uh, you know wrong here but i think that they have been consistently on tour since last year i think that cause i know when we finished our shows with them they were off for like a week and that did an entire full us and i know now they are also on tour again with like municipal waste and shit like that so i don't think that band ever stops so i'm sure they'll be back yeah and, and that's they wild are, for the hardest they're the hardest working band that i know without a doubt mm. yeah and it's, it's not easy right people might look at them and uh, see oh cool they just show up and have a crazy reaction every night but it's like no like they uh, they right work now. really hard and it's not easy to tour that much no no they're uh, good on them they're impressive impressive them okay and what was it like touring with combust i i remember i, I got excited because i thought you guys were doing the the whole tour uh, I, wish, I wish i wanted to <laughs> i wanted so hard to do the whole tour but we did not unfortunately uh it was awesome i mean like Andrew is like one of my best friends that I've met through hardcore. So like we've done through the years, like all of my bands and all of his bands have probably played together a hundred times. Mm-hmm. So it was just like friends hanging out. It was a blast. Played some poker. Almost every show was sick. So like it was incredible. And we're actually to spill more beans that I don't know if I'm allowed to, but we're doing another run with them in March as well. Oh, awesome. Is it like a, a regional thing or are you guys doing? Yeah. It's like it, for the record, it's like, us, C4, Burning Lord, and Combust. Oh, nice. That, that That's a good mix. Uh, C4 is awesome. Burning Lord is awesome. That's cool. Burning Lord is especially awesome. That The new demo is probably my favorite thing that came out this year. Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm curious about uh, how tapped in people are out here on the West Coast with Burning Lord. Because I don't hear a lot of people speaking about that band. but uh, Yeah, criminally, criminally underrated band. Criminally yeah. Underrated. yeah, but it's all right. Because just... Um, over time, people I think who aren't in tune will figure it out because yeah, their their music is fucking awesome. Okay, well, um, shout out Combust. I was able to to book them when they made it to the West Coast. So shout out Andrew. Uh, 
on that tour. Yeah. Oh no shit, man. Yeah, uh, the days that we played with Combust were fucking awesome. I wish we could have done the whole thing. Okay, and um, earlier you mentioned uh, you guys had just got off that run with uh, Buried Alive, which is insane. Uh, such a legendary band, but for you guys to be able to play those shows with them, what was that like? It was awesome. It was such an honor. I mean, like, if you are a hardcore kid from Buffalo, Buried Alive is probably your favorite band. So, I mean, at least your favorite band from Buffalo. So it was truly an honor. It was awesome. It was interesting too because uh, the shows were split 50-50, older crowd, younger crowd, mm-hmm. almost every single one. So it was uh, it was a good vibe every show. Yeah, and that's uh, always like interesting for me because for a, a young band to team up with uh, an older established band, it, it can be tricky, right? Because uh, hopefully, uh, like the older crowd, I hope that they are. Um, at least showing up to check out the the newer younger band and you know maybe see uh, you know what's going on maybe they're not in tune with what's currently going on so uh, it's it's a good look for you guys to be able to play in front of a crowd that you might not be able to uh, normally get in front of because you know, like like you mentioned older crowd might not go to every hardcore show yeah there was definitely uh, I would say most of the older crowd probably didn't know who we were until we played but I think we won over quite a few and like I said I uh the vibe was great i will be honest i definitely was nervous before every show like you know maybe the older people might not give a fuck you know they might not show up to buried alive plays i was being a pretty uh pessimistic about it but i you know we definitely were received well from the older crowd for sure okay yeah and i i saw some of my friends uh who were at the the cleveland show so it was um to me it looked cool from the videos that i saw it was cool it was very cool yeah awesome venue actually that that venue, no class in Cleveland, is maybe the coolest venue in hardcore right now. I know it's a pretty uh, you know, hot thing to say, but uh, that that venue is incredible. Perfect room, perfect stage. Uh, they have like a little hostel set up above the venue. And they let bands stay there for free. They take care of you. It's an incredible place. We got to play. We played there with Combust three months prior, mm-hmm. and then went back again with Made Alive, and they took care of us both times. It was awesome. That's cool. I, yeah, th- that is a little uh, nice thing to have, right? Because uh, I, I feel bad for w- the shows that I booked when bands are like, oh, do you know anybody who would let us crash? Um, and I'm just like, I hope. Like, let me ask around. Uh, yeah, it's tough. You know, it's also like, you know, I get it. You know? Like, I'm never offended when we can't find a place to stay because, like, most of the people who do let you stay at their house are, like, people that don't know you. So mm-hmm. it's like, I, I, I can understand being hesitant to let five or six, you know, strangers just sleep at your house but you know when you do find someone that's uh it's awesome yeah so that that's cool that that, that venue offers that because i if i'm being honest i've never heard of a venue doing that so i i think that's pretty cool to have that option dude it's awesome they have like bunk beds set up air mattresses everywhere and like you know I, i've slept on my fair share of just like the fucking floor mm-hmm. you know, which is you know great you know if anyone offers to let you stay at their house in any capacity you're, you're grateful you know so uh this place is is wonderful. Every band should go play there. Yeah, I now I'm curious. I, I've never been to uh, Cleveland for anything, so now it's like, damn, they, I gotta figure a cool it out. Thing going on. They got a cool thing. It's it's a lot like Buffalo. I like it a lot there. It feels like a, almost like a second home there. Okay, and I, I am curious about your thoughts on uh, Buffalo hardcore. Uh, what's it like? Uh, you know, what venues are popping off? Like, where are all the young kids coming from? We uh. Buffalo is awesome. You know, I will live and die in Buffalo. I 
I love this place so much. Uh, hardcore here is great. You know, it's it's not like I said, it's, it is not the biggest scene. I will not act like you know we get we do not get 300 kids for a show. You know, it's not like California or Philly or you know even Richmond, but you will get guaranteed usually 100 kids who will give you their full attention, dance their asses off, and have a great time. And it's very young. A lot of kids younger than us, you know, like it's which is weird because. Buffalo has a very rich hardcore history, you know, especially back to the 90s. You know, Barry Live, Snapcase, Slugfest, all of Scott's other bands. And so, you know, a lot of those older guys have stayed around. So me and my friends have kind of been like the younger people for years now. And now, though, there are kids who are much younger than us coming around. And I feel like that's a good sign of a healthy scene. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. You know, watching the growth, you know, with your own eyes is... It's great because I love this place and I, I love hardcore and Buffalo. Yeah, because without the youth, I, I always express this like without the youth, the scene can die because those young kids, they're going to be the next wave of people starting bands, booking shows, starting a zine, a label, whatever. So I always like to encourage, right? Like you don't always have to be um, uh, like best friends with the new kids, but at least try to. Uh, guide them in, in the right direction just kind of maybe point them to a, a band or two and let them figure it out on their own or help them if they need help so i i always think it's important to at least try to um, help the next generation in some sort of way yeah absolutely absolutely and for you uh do you ever uh, cross the um, border to get into canada because i always absolutely. think it's i always think absolutely. it's cool to to have um like you know a, a cool neighboring scene like that so i i always imagine if i lived in buffalo or somewhere that uh you know was like a border city I, I would try to build a cool relationship with the scene you know in the neighboring country that's exactly what we have going on right now it's actually like toronto like the toronto hamilton kind of you know hardcore scene and buffalo are kind of like the same right now it's honestly incredible there's like a very very strong bond and connection between buffalo and toronto right now it's very very cool shout out to uh the fact from toronto friction from toronto and there's so many mm -hmm. that's awesome I, I'm, I'm very happy to hear that because i'm not sure how easy it is to to cross the border up there but i feel like um for the kids right on the other side it, it might be super beneficial for them to come into the states because not a lot of bands travel up there right i'm um, obviously yeah, um hopefully it's becoming more of a thing again for bands to, to do that but yeah it's definitely wait it's, it's definitely easy again you know the, the hard part is canadian bands coming to america mm -hmm. so being an american band going to play in canada it's easy you can flat out tell them i'm in a band we're playing in toronto whatever and pretty much get no hard time but there's like some weird laws about Canadian bands playing shows in America, some tax shit. It's like to do it like effortlessly, you pretty much need a visa, which is almost impossible to get. So it's if a Canadian man can come to your scene, you should absolutely be paying attention to them because I know it was very hard for them to get there. For sure. No, I'm, I, I hear it all the time because I, I always ask, like, oh, like, why don't you guys just come down? And it's just like, oh, oh it's easy, yeah. yeah, they're like, it, it's, it's not that simple. There's like a whole thing that uh, goes into it if they want to do it the the right way. Yeah, most of them, like, not to be snitching, but most of them have to lie. So it's that makes it even harder, too. Yeah, I, I just got hit up for a show in March. There's a Canadian band, um, and I think they're doing a full U.S., which is 
pretty bold. Uh, so I'm. I hope it works. I hope. Yeah, I hope that works out. Yeah, the same here. So I, I'm. I'm trying my best to get them booked out here in Orange County because I think it would be a sick show. But yeah, for them to just for any band to embark on a full U.S. tour, I think it's wild and obviously i i you know commend them and respect them to be able to do something like that because it's not it's not that easy and also it's not that common these days right for a hardcore band because it's now i feel like people are just um trying to do things uh just more regionally just because uh, you know i'm sure getting time off of work and obviously uh, when it comes to the business aspect it probably makes more sense for them just to do a regional thing here and there versus committing to a whole u.s tour yeah, I'll definitely say it was a lot easier to do that kind of shit when I was younger, you know, and with less responsibility. So, you know, it's no surprise to anyone. I, I bet you any single person who's ever been on this podcast would tell you there's no, there's, there's not a lot of money to be made uh, doing hardcore. So, you know, and uh, it's not, it's not about making money, but you have to survive. So, uh, you know, full, a full U.S. exhibition tour is probably not going to be in the works for quite some time, but uh, we're very, very grateful for what we can do. Yeah, or maybe when Triple B does another showcase out here. Tri- yeah, uh, fuck, we'll be there. Fly out, fly out exhibition. Yeah, because it's cool. We'll, we'll 100%, 100% be doing California, definitely next year. Can't tell you when, but I can tell you for a fact it will happen. Okay, that's that's great news because obviously I'm always biased and want all. I want every band to, to come to California and play shit so I don't have to hop on an airplane and uh, travel yeah, to uh, see you. Even though I, I, I do it. But it's way better when I could just, uh, you know, drive, uh, you know, an hour, uh, two hours to a show uh, to see some cool bands. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, hundred percent. We'll, we'll be out there. Okay. And outside of exhibition, do you have anything else going on or is this just your main focus? No, this is my only thing. I, honestly, dude, I, uh, like, this is like absolutely my passion project. I could not, uh, it would be unfair for me to try to, uh, divert any of my attention to any other band I, I couldn't do it okay well my my like members of my band make up a fucking shitload of bands so. yeah I was, I was just gonna ask was there ever any thought of you joining uh violent way maybe they need another member oh man no. <laughs> I, I, I i wish because they are truly like my favorite band ever no bias at all even if i didn't know them the they are the coolest fucking band ever the baddest band from buffalo um I wish I'm not good enough to do anything in that, man. <laughs> they are too good. Yeah, I, I can't remember when it was. Uh, maybe earlier. I, I enjoy just being a fan, honestly. It would, it would ruin it for me. I, I love them. Yeah, earlier this year when they made their way uh, to California, I remember so many people saying like so much good things about them, and I was just like, that's crazy. Yeah, they're, they're like on top of the world. They just got back from Paris, the Netherlands, Spain. It's awesome because they're my best friends, so I just I love seeing their success. Yeah, no, it's always cool to be able to cheer on your friends when they're doing cool shit. Yeah, I guess those California shows specifically were fucking amazing. I was supposed to go, but I just didn't end up working out for work. Yeah, people love that band out here. It's awesome. So I'm I'm happy. Yeah, Yeah, I'm I'm happy that they get a lot of love out here. Um, Yeah, just seeing like all the uh, pictures from the shows that they're at, and like you know, down here in Southern California, and even um, up in the Bay. So it's something cool to to be able to watch them and see them do cool stuff. Yeah, it's. I'm so happy for them. Seriously, sincerely. Okay, and a long time ago, we used to talk about Game of Thrones in the uh, DMs, and you know, obviously, Game of Thrones oh, is yeah. <laughs> uh, has long been over. But obviously, we're in the 
House of the Dragons era. Are, are, are you a watch or did you watch that when it was airing? Or hell yeah, I watched it. Hell yeah, I love it. Um, and I have, hot, I have a hot take for you. I saw this. I saw a uh, a poll yesterday, and it was like, what had the better first season, House of the Dragon or Game of Thrones? I think House of the Dragon by like tenfold. Tenfold. Wow, really? Why? Yeah, I think the first. I so. When I like pitch, I mean, obviously you don't really have to pitch Game of Thrones to people because it is, you know, the most popular show of all time. Mm-hmm. But you find those rare people who have never seen it before. And I kind of like, yo, you kind of got to get through the first few episodes and then it really gets hot. I think House of the Dragon comes out of the gate just fucking incredible. Now, for now, do you think this is um, you since you have so much knowledge of the world already? Maybe, probably, right? Okay, so like. I, I I did not I will say I did not read the books, but I am a, a freakish nerd. My girlfriend will tell you, I'll watch like twenty minute long YouTube like like rabbit hole like what this means, what that means, and like comparing the show to the book. So like it probably it does have some recency bias. I will say. Okay. But uh, I love I think House of the Dragons is incredible. You know I I credit all my knowledge. Um, of Game of Thrones to <laughs> these guys, they do this podcast called Bald Move. Um, I'm not sure if you've ever heard of it, but no. they, they they do the coolest shit because it makes watching um, and you know, during Game of Thrones um, they made watching the show fun. But even during House of the Dragons, so they would do um, like an immediate reaction right on like the night of, so you get that episode, and then later in the week they'll break down the episode, and then like the third episode of the week they'll compare. Um, the episode to the book and talk about like what's um, actually you know pulled from the book uh, and references and I was like wow because so many things would have went over my head if I didn't listen to that podcast. Yeah, that's awesome. What's it called? Uh, it's like a company. It's called like Bald Move. I'll, I'll send you a link to it. Sure. Yeah. Definitely. That sounds interesting. I definitely need a new podcast. For sure. Okay. And uh, going back to Game of Thrones. Uh, where did you land on how the show wrapped up? Like, were you, uh, you know, hating the show? Like, did you feel like you wasted your time, uh, you know, watching all those seasons or did you understand like the whole situation? So you were okay with it. Yeah. So my knee jerk reaction to the last few episodes were like, you know, obviously anger, you know, outrage. Cause I think specifically the last three episodes are pretty heinous, mm-hmm. but I will say this is a bit of a hot take too. I think the first three episodes of, the last season are incredible. I think that, uh, if I'm being honest, I think the only things that were really handled incredibly poorly were uh, obviously Daenerys is like heel turn, which would have been fine. I think if uh, it wasn't so sudden, like I would have been, I would have had no problem with her being like a villain in the end if it was, uh, it wasn't just so fucking sudden. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And uh, Bran being king, I think, is the most ridiculous shit. Ever. <laughs> That was a hard pill to swallow because I was like, "Yeah, oh man, God!" I was like, "Are you kidding like, me?" He went from being like this robotic freak to like <laughs> the king of the fucking, you know, the whole fucking joint. Yeah, and it's just like, I when they go to war again, he's gonna die. He's he's gonna be the first yeah, to die. He ain't doing up. shit. That's just goofy. I, I do look forward to. You know about there's gonna be like a sequel series focusing on Jon Snow. That's what I'm curious about because because Jon Snow was my favorite character. Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think that they'll probably retcon some of the stupid shit you know, on that show. So hopefully, they definitely there there needs to be a sequel series to uh, fix some of that shit. Yeah, because there's just it, it was such a great 
TV show, right? It could have gone down in history as the best TV show, but yeah. then the, the the final season had to, um, that, you know, stir up some controversy and obviously wasn't the best product. Um, but also, I understood that the the people behind the show wanted to get out. Their relationship with the creator yeah. of the entire thing wasn't good, and it, and they had a hard job because once they surpassed the actual story in the books it's like like they're like, all right we didn't expect to catch up like you're supposed to have this whole thing finished george R. R. martin before we even got here so now you're fucking things up and this is going to be hard for us so i try not to be too hard on them because once they got oh, to that sure. point i'm like all right well this is this is really bad because it, it shouldn't be like this now that i'm thinking you know all this time to let it digest i i don't i'm, I'm not like as emotional about it but uh did you ever hear that thing? I, I, it's just a rumor. Who knows how true it is? But uh, those two writers, like Ben Off and Weiss, were slated to do a Star Wars trilogy. Yeah. And then once uh, season eight came out, they were fired. <laughs> yeah, Disney was like, "Nah, we're we're good." I, I feel like Disney is sometimes quick to pull the plug on people because that happened to. Um, I don't remember the director's name. The, the guy who did the the last Fantastic Four, he was supposed to do a. Oh, Yeah, he was supposed to do a Star Wars film, but then with the controversy of him talking about he was kicked out of the the editing room and how poorly the movie did, Disney was like, "No, we're we're good. (laughs) We're we're going to go in a different direction." And sometimes I, yeah, sometimes I wish Disney wasn't so quick to 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 pull the plug on certain things because if if you look at the body of work of game of thrones it was more amazing than bad right they just had you know just oh, one, one sure. yeah this is a little blemish they should have let a them lot of, a lot of people when they like give their criticisms on game of thrones will be like yeah just watch the first six seasons the last two seasons are bad i'm like dude i think season seven is also great yeah and uh, i'm like i'm like a game of thrones apologist almost i can't really forgive the uh the last episode or the last two episodes but i think even now, even knowing that there's the most frustrating ending ever, if I could like erase my memory and only know that you're going to be just, dis- I would still watch it again. Absolutely. I would recommend to watch it again. Yeah. Cause there's no way I would recommend someone just to get to season six and wrap it up. It's like, you need some, you know, uh, finale because there's so many yeah. loose ends when you're done with season six. I feel like almost like, <laughs> I feel like there are so many legendary shows that have equally as frustrating endings. Like Dexter, Dexter is the most frustrating ending ever, maybe. And then they make this like a sequel series that also has just as frustrating as an ending. So it's like, it's 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 not uh, unique to Game of Thrones to have a, a, a fucking shitty ending. In general, Game of Thrones, amazing show. I like when anybody asks me, should I watch Game of Thrones? I'm like, yeah, it's 100. percent Like it's it, it's such like a cultural like you know thing where you, you got to remember we're in this like the streaming age, but for them to uh, have stuck to that model of releasing one episode, you know, it's every Sunday at this time, and people yeah. were like, holy shit, this is, we're making time to watch Game of Thrones, like chill. So for for a show to be able to do that to society today i think that's pretty amazing yeah for sure. it's frustrating because i definitely am a slave to the uh binge and watch all at once mm-hmm. I, I love the netflix model of put the whole season up right at once it's um it, it's it's good and bad because like okay uh cobra kai is a, a, a series that's like all right day one i'm watching front to back like i don't care that's how much i, I like that series 
but sometimes when I think back, things get a little blur- like blurry because I don't get to yeah. have time to um, you know absorb every episode and get to think yeah. back. It's just it's such a quick thing. It's yeah. it's fun. It's fulfilling. But then sometimes when I look back, I'm like, oh, maybe I should have spread it out. It's definitely a double-edged sword because you do get the satisfaction of watching the entire series right there. Mm-hmm. But you know, if there's going to be a second season, you got to wait a full calendar year, mm-hmm. which is very very frustrating. So at least when you have like a spaced out series, you know, a weekly series that. It doesn't feel as long, you know. 100%. And I am looking forward to the more spin-off shows of Game of Thrones. I, I'm just happy that it, it didn't, you know, it didn't end ah, with yeah. Game of Thrones, right? Because it, it was such a controversy that it, I, I think it could have put the future shows um, at jeopardy. So the fact For that... Sure. Um, that's it, what makes... That's why it's so satisfying that this new season is so good, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, thank God, thank God you know, almost... Yeah, hundred percent. It it felt so cool to to just hear like the intro and just to see the the um opening. Just be like, all right, cool. This feels so familiar. This is awesome. I'm happy to be back in Westeros and to see how a lot of things play out before we get to the timeline that I actually love so much. So to be able to just get, I agree. Go ahead. And there's there's so much lure to expand on too. You know, like you, it doesn't. I read this thing that. Uh, House of the Dragon is going to survive for years, but after they finish up, you know, this section is called like the Dance of Dragons. You know, that's what they call it in the books. That it's going to become like an anthology, and uh, there's going to be a different, uh, you know, set of events every season, like with a different timeline. And I'm for that because the. The, the way that they um, have presented House of the Dragons just with the first season, I'm like, all right, this is cool. Like, it, like this series can live on and, and we don't have to um you know focus on the characters that we you know already love we can expand and people are so eager to to learn more and or they're so accepting of this different timeline these new characters I, I i'm so stoked for it because i'm such a fan of that so to, to, to just just to see it be successful again it just has me really happy yeah me too i agree Okay, and I, I know a lot of people with the first season of House of the Dragons were uh, really upset with the um, right, there's the time skip, and they had recasted some people, but some people got to stay, which I get, um, but it didn't really upset me that much. I just figured, all right, whatever, it's it's yeah, Hollywood, just, it's their thing. I kind of just rolled the punches. I think that's what kind of supports the theory that there is going to eventually be an anthology because they were so quick to get to where they were at. You know that, that they kind of want to wrap this story up. Mm-hmm. You know, knowing what I knowing what I know about the books, I think that you know the series could end next season. I heard they're going to go for four four seasons. Yeah, I saw so many like infographic things about like the future timeline of House of the Dragon, and who, who knows? But I think it's been brilliant so far. I will say for like Alicent and Rhaenyra, uh, specifically Rhaenyra, I definitely preferred the uh, the first actress. But mm-hmm. Um, well, they're all great though. It's not like there's you know, even that's what's so impressive about the recasting is that every single person who's been recast is great. Yeah, they did a really good job. They didn't just go grab some random people and be like, "All right, I think you can fit this role." Like, let's just try it out. It's like no, they actually took the time to cast some really great people. There was this long-standing rumor that I don't think is going to happen, but uh, that they're going to do a season where they like. Do Aegon's original conquest and Henry Cavill is going to play Aegon. That'd be wild. That, that would be perfect. You know, <laughs> we already know what he looks like. Have you ever seen The Witcher? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I would like to see them do like a movie. Like, that would be awesome too. Yeah. Yeah. Expand that way because obviously 
these shows are like movies, right? It's just like, you know, the crazy high budget, but it, it would be cool to see them take like one like short story and just make it into some badass movie. Yeah, absolutely. That's actually, yeah. I, I guess we'll see that with, were you ever a fan of The Walking Dead? I I was a fan of the show until like season like four. And then I was like, oh, this is kind of not yeah, fun anymore. Strays away for sure. I watched up until like season seven. Okay. But uh, that's the, that's the world. Like that's, where they're spinning off to now is that they are doing like spin-off shows, but I guess they're about to like make a bunch of movies and shit like that. So I guess they'll, they'll, they'll be kind of the model for if shows can do successful spin-off movies. Yeah. I remember when the final issue of the comic book came out and this is when I was um, hanging out at the, at the comic shop every week. I was just like, tell me the end. I'm, I'm so curious. Like, did they find the cure? Please don't tell me this is someone's dream or something. And then sure enough, it's like, um, the, the the little kid telling like the story of like uh his life i forget the little kid's name rick's son Carl? yeah and i was like oh i was like yeah well i guess they had to end it some way which it was, it was a fun fun series but yeah i just yeah. felt like the tv show just got I, just, I read uh i read the first compendium of the walking dead i'm actually a comic book guy myself not mm-hmm. a lot of people know that that's awesome um, yeah, I did. Uh, and I, I spent, which is weird. I never finished Walking Dead because I do love Kirkman. Like, I think he's great. Dude, I remember Kirkman popped into um, like a local shop out here, and they just put they posted it on their Facebook like an hour after he left. And I'm like, I wish you guys would have posted oh, this in real time. I would have like jet down because he he just went in there just to kind of check out like this local shop. He wasn't like doing a signing or anything. He was just like just there as a customer. I'm like, that's crazy. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, Invincible is like my favorite book of all time. Okay. I'm currently reading another book. His, an ongoing book. He's doing Firepower. Have you read that? Mm-mm. It's incredible. It's so cool. It's like uh, Kirkman writing like a, a kung fu style comic book. It's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, no, he, he's he's definitely a, a, a good writer. I, I was definitely right. sad that um, Thief of Thieves didn't really take off. Because I know I, I, I'm not sure. Maybe it was AMC or somebody had picked it up to try to turn it into a TV show and it just crashed and burned. Same with Outcasts, another one of his like very long running series. I think it did. It did end up getting a a, a first season on some smaller uh, channel, but I can't. It, like if it flopped after a season, but the book is so good. Before we go, is there anything else you would like to say? And I, I definitely do thank you for your time and uh, you know finally being down to come on the podcast after so long. So I, I appreciate you taking the time to to do this today. Hundred percent. You gotta get me on again. I'm also a big MMA guy. We gotta talk about that. Yo, I had no idea. Let's do yeah. it. Um, all right. Get me on. Uh, when next time you do an MMA talk, let me get on that. Like, those are hard to, to to come by these days, just because the, the the other two, one of the guys, um, is is a dad. Um, and my buddy Nate uh, just got engaged, so he he's pretty busy. But uh, should I'll have you on. We could do do one with me, just me and you, because I could go on yeah. MMA forever. Me too, absolutely. Actually, uh, not a lot of people know this, but uh, I was a boxer growing up. I fought a lot. I fought a couple of MMA fights too. What? The? I did not know that. See, now you. Yeah, okay. I don't. I don't. I don't tell a lot of people that, but yeah. Okay. All right. Well, Brett, I, I appreciate your time. We will definitely do another podcast. We'll. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm gonna send you the link. We'll. We'll. We'll schedule it. I'm. I'm stoked. Cool. Sounds good, man. Thank you so much for having. Me. All right. No. No problem. Thank you.